by special recording, The Lone Ranger. with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. With his faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fella. I'm Silver. After a long trip from the east, Colonel Hannibal Wade assumed command of Camp Corbin, an army outpost in Dakota Territory. He inspected the camp and reviewed the cavalry regiment stationed there, then summoned all officers to his headquarters tent. His face was dark with anger as he thundered, Major Bennett, he shall fit as a disgrace to the army. Colonel Wade... When the men lined up for inspection, their formation looked like a broken down picket fence. Yes. And as for discipline... But, sir... You you... were in command until I arrived. How do you account for the unsoldierly appearance and conduct of the troops? Sir, the weather has been demoralizing. Ah, weather. We've had a lot of rain. The parade ground is a sea of mud and all the tents leak. Furthermore, sir, the men are on short rations. They'll get better food in quarters after the road has been built. I've told them that many times, sir. They respond with jeers. Major, do you mean to say you let the men insult you? It seemed best to let them work off steam. (laughs) They'll find they have a different man to deal with now. Colonel... The truth is, some of the men are on the verge of mutiny. Mutiny? Yes, sir. Any concerted action and we'd be lost. Wait. I've tried to keep the main troublemakers apart by assigning them to different companies. And to keep them from deserting, I've had to disarm and dismount all the men after each drill. As Sergeant McQuaid will tell you. Well, McQuaid? It's like the Major says, sir. I keep the arms and horses under guard. No one will desert without a horse and gun in Indian country like this. That reminds me... General Crook warned me that Chief Spotted Bull and his Sioux tribesmen may jump the reservation at the first opportunity. Well then, Major Bennett, are your scouts keeping watch on the Indians? The scouts hired by the War Department have quit, sir, because the food was so poor and they had to wait so long for their pay. Are none of these soldiers capable of scouting? McQuaid and Master Sergeant Hayes could do it, sir. But with a rebellious regiment on my hands, I've had to keep them in camp. Then you have no means of knowing what the Indians are doing, eh? I have two volunteers secretly scouting for me, sir. They presented a letter from Colonel Miles. They had been of service to him. I can't see anyone. What's the commotion out there? Your orderly wants to see you, sir. Let me know, too. What is it? Uh, about your riding breeches, sir. Huh? The fancy ones. What about them? They're ruined, sir. Uh, Put them on a tent rope to dry, and gunpowder chewed the seed out of them. Gunpowder? What do you mean? Gunpowder is the name of a mule, sir. 
An old mule that's been retired from service, but one that is kept as a regimental mascot. So a worthless mule ruined my britches. Don't blame the mule, sir. He doesn't know any better. A mascot, eh? <laughs> Such nonsense. Small wonder there's no discipline here. You say the mule is retired from service? Yes, sir. I want that infernal mule destroyed. Colonel Wade. Well? That mule saved the lives of many soldiers. If it had not been for gunpowder, this regiment would have been massacred. How's that? It happened some time ago when the regiment was on maneuvers. Indians sneaked close during the night and overpowered the sentry. But the mule was alert and started a commotion that roused the men in time to avert a disaster. Had it not been for gunpowder, the Indians would have cut the throat of every man. <laughs> Any mule would have done the same thing. So would a watchdog. Sir, the men look on gunpowder as a symbol of good luck. I have no patience with sentiment and superstition. Now have the mule destroyed. If the mule must die, sir, it will be best not to let the men know about it. They might break into open mutiny. Carry out the orders you see fit. Just make sure the animal dies. Yes, sir. Sergeant McQuaid... You and Master Sergeant Hayes will take the mule out of camp tonight and execute the colonel's orders secretly. That night, the moon was bright when the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode across broken country between Camp Corbin and the Indian reservation occupied by Chief Spotted Bull and his Sioux warriors. At the edge of a ravine, they drew rain. This is a good place to rest our horses, Tonto. Ah, and them plenty tired. We spend long time scouting Indians. I hope to learn something definite to report to the new commandant at Camp Corbin. You know him? No, but I've heard of him. His name is Colonel Wade. You think him there now? Well, he should be. Major Bennett expected him to arrive today. Uh, we tell him spotted bull and followers plenty mad because them short of food. Major Bennett knows that, Tonto. It's a bad situation. The government promised the Indians food, but because of transportation problems, the promises have been broken. Maybe trouble comes soon. I hope not. If Spotted Bull's warriors get out of hand, the whole Northwest might be in danger. Masabi, huh? look. Two men ride into ravine. Troopers. And they're leading a mule. Uh, look like mule we see in Camp Corbin. The mascot. Otto, I think that is the same mule. Just distinctively light in color. Then yeah, stop. We wonder why them bring mule here. I don't know. But I'm going to the floor of the ravine and find out. Me go with you. Leading their horses, the Lone Ranger and Tonto made their way cautiously down the steep 20-foot-high wall of the ravine. Then, concealed by underbrush, walked along the floor of the ravine toward the dismounted troopers and the army mule. Sergeants Hayes and McQuaid stood close to the doomed animal. Hayes, the poor varmint looks like he knows what's coming. Yeah. Dad read it, gunpowder. Why'd you have to chew up the colonel's fancy britches? Oh, it wasn't gunpowder's fault. He didn't know any better. McQuaid, when the boys miss a mule, they'll start asking questions. It's likely to be trouble. Yeah, I know it. And if the boys find out we shot the critter, they'll lynch us. Or shoot us in the back at the first opportunity. Yeah, that's right. And the fact that we carried out the colonel's orders won't make a bit of difference. Not a bit. Hey, 
Why don't we just turn Gunpowder loose? Oh, he'd go right back to camp. Then the new colonel would give us a drumhead court-martial for disobeying orders. Well, I hate to do this, Gunpowder. Look at the way he's on your pistol. Yeah, now, orders are orders, Gunpowder. I... I'm a soldier. You savvy that? Well, here goes. Don't shoot that mule. Huh? Fast man. An engine. Oh, we're not outlaws. Whoever you are, you're meddling in army business. Sergeant McQuaid, we overheard your conversation. Then you know I'm acting on orders, so go on about your business. There may be serious consequences if you carry out those orders. You tell that to Colonel Wade. He doesn't understand the type of men in his command. Mister, don't interfere. I'm going to shoot. No, you're not. Oh, let go. Why, you meddling? You don't interfere. Hey, let go. Drop the gun, McQuaid. Do my wrist, hear me? Cottle leaped at Hayes and kept him out of the scuffle between the Lone Ranger and McQuaid. The masked man held McQuaid's gun hand in a grip of steel and pressed at the wrist with increasing pressure. Must I break your arm before you drop the gun? Oh, I, I, I dropped it. Good. Now, how about you, Sergeant Hayes? Uh, your Indian partner saw that my gun stayed in the whole city. Oh, who are you, mister? Why are you interfering with us? Pato and I are the men who volunteered to scout for Major Bennett. Yeah? And you wearing a mask? Yes. Uh, the Major said you had a letter from Colonel Miles. I reckon you must be all right. Thanks. Mind if I pick up my gun? Do you still intend to shoot the mule? I I don't want to do it, but... Well, if Colonel Wade sees the critter again, Hayes and I'll be court-martialed. Not and I'll take gunpowder off your hands. What do you do with him? I know of a cave a few miles south of here. We'll tie him there temporarily and see that he has forage and water. Later, we may be able to find a home for him. Hey, that'd be fine. What do you say, Hayes? Suits me. Then it's a deal. Pick up your gun. Right, right. See, Mustafi. Uh, me get horses? Yes, Toto. I'll wait here with gunpowder. Hayes, we may as well ride back to camp and report that we got rid of the mule. Yep. We won't see how we got rid of him. Uh, Adios, Mr. Uh, Adios. Goodbye, uh, gunpowder. Get up, get up, get up. Meanwhile, O'Toole, the orderly who heard Colonel Wade sentence the mule to death, had spread word to the soldiers in his camp. With the news, the smoldering resentment of the troopers flamed into fury. Private Bill Thorpe, formerly a Confederate captain, said... Now quiet! Quiet, man! Quiet! The officers may hear killing that poor mule. After the way he saved the regiment, it's a rotten deal. We're all getting a rotten deal. Half starved and cold and wet most of the time. If I had a horse and gun, I'd desert. Me too. A lot of us will do the same, and the officers know it. That's why they keep the guns and horses under guard at night. We ought to drag the colonel out of his tent and hang him. Now, 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 wait, listen. There's a better way of evening the score. How's that, Bill? Spread the word for all the men to stay in their tents and refuse to answer bugle calls and orders. That's mutiny. They'll shoot us. They wouldn't dare shoot every man in the regiment. Bill's right. The colonel will report a mutiny. There'll probably be a congressional investigation. Maybe it'll result in better treatment for the men on outposts like this. I'm with you, Bill. Yeah, I've heard other men talking mutiny. And so have I. When they hear about gun party, it'll be the last straw. We'll have to visit every tent and camp. We'll do it. Tomorrow morning, not a man will answer when Reveille and Assembly are sounded. The murderer of gunpowder will find himself a colonel without a regiment. Shortly after Reveille, the following morning, Colonel Wade sat in his headquarters tent with Major Bennett. The Major was looking past the open tent flap while the Colonel spoke. That mule incident will show the men that I'm no sentimental weakling. 
I tell you, Major, it doesn't pay to pamper soldiers. You may be right, sir. I know I'm right. Here comes Sergeant McQuaid with his morning report. Well, McQuaid, are all the men present and accounted for? I don't know, sir. You don't know? No, sir. There was no roll call this morning. Not a man was present. You mean they've deserted in a body? No, sir. They've heard about their mascot, gunpowder. They're staying in their tents. It's mutiny. Major Bennett, muster all officers and non-coms. Then drive the mutineers into the open. But, sir... Find the Gatling guns on the tents. Give the scoundrels one minute to present themselves. And if they refuse, open fire. Colonel, we can't... The laws of war prevail. sir. For all the Indian fighting in the West, no state of war has been declared. The laws of war do not apply. Yes, you may be right. Sir, General Custer shot some unarmed soldiers he called deserters and mutineers. For it, he was court-martialed. But, uh... What do you suggest, Major? We've stored all food supplies in the magazine where we've already locked the enlisted men's arms. Yeah. With Gatling guns, the officers can hold the magazine against any attempt to storm it. If we're attacked, we'll then be justified in shooting. That's a good idea. In a day or two, those rebels will be starved into submission. Put your plan into operation at once. The Lone Ranger and Tonto, after leaving the mule secure in a cave, had ridden at daybreak to the top of a cliff overlooking Spotted Bull's reservation. They observed small bands of warriors riding by devious routes to the same ravine where the Lone Ranger and Tonto had met McQuaid and Hayes. After watching for some time through his binoculars, the masked man said, Tonto, they're sneaking off the reservation and massing in the ravine. Ah, that let them get close to army camp. Not be seen by guards. Yes. They're wearing war paint. They've tied the tail to their ponies. That means them on war path. Maybe attacked Camp Corbin. There aren't enough of them to overpower the regiment. Spotted Bull plenty smart. Him only fight when him sure him win. Whatever the Indians' plans are, the colonel must be warned in time to issue weapons to the soldiers. Steady, Silver. Easy. Indians got us cut off from army camp. We'll take the longer route past the cave where we left the mule. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. The Lone Ranger and Toto rode away from the top of the cliff, then turned south and raced through rugged, hilly country. They dashed past the cave where they had tethered the army mule and continued on the roundabout route that would take them to Camp Corbin without being seen by the Indians gathering in the ravine. In camp, Private Corp, representing the soldiers, stood in the headquarters tent, facing the irate commandant, who sat behind his desk. Colonel Wade was saying... Oh, you and the others are making a great mistake. Without guns and horses, you're helpless. Without food, you'll starve. Maybe so. Moreover, you've nothing to gain by this mutiny. Every one of you will be punished... Colonel Wade, these are the scouts I mentioned. Scouts? Major Bennett, you didn't tell me that one of them is a masked outlaw. I'm not an outlaw, sir. This letter from Colonel Miles may explain my mask. While the colonel read the letter of identification, Major Bennett briefly told the Lone Ranger and Tonto about the mutinous behavior of the soldiers. It's been brewing for a long time. The men have had to tolerate a lot of hardships, and they might have continued to do so. But the killing of their lucky mascot was the last straw. Isn't that the situation, Thorpe? Yes, sir. 
The treatment of gunpowder showed how little sympathy and understanding old soldiers can expect from men like Colonel Wade. That's enough, Thorpe. <coughs> well, Jim. Yes, Colonel Wade? Now that I know who you are, I apologize for calling you an outlaw. That's all right, sir. I uh, came here to report that Spotted Bull and his followers have left the reservation, and they're wearing war paint. What? At a time like this? They must have learned about your situation and decided this is the time to make their move. How could they learn so quickly about the mutiny? They have scouts, sir. Where are the Indians? They're hiding in a ravine within easy striking distance. Now, their actions indicate they plan to attack tonight. Private Thorpe, give the men that information. Tell them I'll overlook the mutiny. There'll be neither punishment nor prejudice if they'll return at once to duty. I can tell you now, sir, they'll refuse. We're confronted. What do they expect me to do? I can't bring that mule back to life. I can't arm the men on mutiny. And if the Indians attack while we're defenseless, we'll all be massacred. An attack might give the men the chance they need. Maybe they'll storm the magazine and help themselves to the food, guns, and horses they need to desert. Where this, this... What kind of soldiers have we here? They're a hard lot, sir. Some are renegades. Many are immigrants with no reason to feel loyal or patriotic. Toto, I want to speak to you. Step outside the tent with me, will you? Maybe so. Sit down. Yes, sir. Let's find somebody to defend this camp. In front of the headquarters tent, the Lone Ranger and Toto stood near Scout and Silver. The masked man said, Toto, I have a plan that may save the camp. And help me help. Ride to that cave where we left the army mule. While the Lone Ranger outlined his plan, Toto listened carefully. When the masked man had finished, the Indian mounted his paint horse. Easy, Scout, easy, fella. Get him up, Scout. As Tonto rode away, the Lone Ranger rejoined the men in the headquarters tent. Did I hear Tonto leave? Yes, Major Bennett. He's going on a special mission. During the afternoon, despite Private Thorpe's talks with the mutineers and meetings with the officers, the deadlock remained unbroken. Sunset found the soldiers lounging near their tents. While a short distance away, Colonel Wade, Major Bennett, the Lone Ranger, and Sergeants McQuaid and Hayes stood near the headquarters tent. Sunset. Soon it will be dark. Then we can look for the attack at any moment. That's right, Colonel. Are Captain Larkin and the other officers still guarding the magazine? Yes, sir. They're guarding it with Gatling guns. We'd better destroy the magazine so neither the Indians nor the mutineers can seize the guns and ammunition. Yes. Look over there. Who is it? Looks like an Indian riding back and forth. I'll put my binoculars on. Sometimes one Indian rides back and forth like that before an attack. As a gesture of defiance. He's dressed like a Sioux. I have my field glasses. Is that a horse he's leading, Major? No, sir, it's a mule. It looks like gunpowder. It is gunpowder. But I... The mule's being led by Toto, disguised as a Sioux. And the mule's not dead. No, sir. McQuaid, Hayes, you shoot the mule? Well, uh, sir, we met the mask. Uh, The fact is, Colonel Wade, the army mule's alive. And if the soldiers think it's been captured by Indians, they might be eager to ride to the rescue of their mascot. Yes, I understand. That Indian's closer now. Hey! That looks like our mule. May I speak to the men, Colonel? Yes, yes, do so. Men, all of you, now listen to me. Private Thorpe, tell the man gunpowder's alive. He's out there, led by that Indian who's making gestures of defiance. How the two get on you? No time to explain now. we got to rescue gunpowder. As soon as you start toward that Indian, he'll race to the ravine with the mule. You'll have to fight a lot of Indians there. guns and horses, we'll fight them. Men, men, listen to me. 
That Indian dares you to try to take away from the Indians your good luck mascot. Guns and horses. We'll get him back. If you do, I'll see that he's accorded the best treatment of you can receive. Battle in the mutiny, Colonel. Just issue guns and horses, sir. Sergeant McQueen Hayes, stand by the issue arm. Yes, sir. Minutes later, the regiment was under arms and in the saddle. As quietly as possible, the double line of troopers rode out of the camp. Tonto, posing as a Sioux tribesman and leading the mule, waved defiantly at the oncoming troopers, led by the colonel and the lone ranger. Get him up, scout! Then, keeping out of bullet range, headed his dust-covered horse and the mule into a dry wash that led between hills to the hidden ravine. Tonto, cut off from the sight of the troopers, quickly turned into dense brush that lined the dry wash and drew rain. Oh, scout! Oh, fella! Oh, Dense brush in the dry wash concealed the army mule, Tonto's horse, and Tonto, as the Lone Ranger led the column past. The ravine got far ahead, Colonel. In the ravine, the Indians were dismounted while awaiting darkness that would cover their attack on Camp Corbin. They heard the approaching horses, but by the time they realized the truth, it was too late to prepare for battle. The hard-riding troopers rounded a bend and swept into view, and the masked man leading shouted, There they are! Open fire! Savages were shot before they could reach their ponies. Others were shot as they tried to flee from the superior fighting force. Then the fighting was hand to hand, and in the midst of the battle, the Lone Ranger and the Indian leader, Spotted Bull, came to grips. This is for you! Kick dropped from a smashing blow to the jaw. After that, the fight ended quickly. After the battle, while the wounded men were being treated and the prisoners tied, the men in the ravine heard a familiar bray. They saw Tonto riding toward them, leading the army mule. The Lone Ranger smiled as he saw the expressions on the faces of Sergeant McQuaid and Hayes. It was Hayes who spoke to the colonel. Colonel, sir, I, uh... Well, that is McQuaid now, sir. You and McQuaid were told to destroy that mule? Uh, yes, sir, but we... Uh, all we... right, all right. Uh, <laughs> a lot has happened since I took command. A lot that I'd like to forget to you. These fighting men have displayed a high degree of loyalty to an old mule. Gunpowder is more than just a mule, sir. Yes, gunpowder is a symbol. And our flag is another symbol. I hope in time to teach these men to give to our flag and our nation the great loyalty of which they are capable. Uh, Sir, I suppose there'll be some rough punishment for what happened. What what did happen? Well, sir, we didn't shoot the mule. The men went on mutiny. I don't remember those things. What? You mean... See that that gunpowder is given the best of everything. That's all I have to say. Oh, go on, Colonel. You're all right. I'll tell the men. Hey, boys, I've got news for all of you. Colonel Tuttle and I will be on our way now. This regiment owes its existence to you, sir. Oh, I doubt that, sir, but thanks for saying it. Thanks. Thanks for everything. Your men are cheering you, Colonel. 
You won them by tempering discipline with human understanding. Now, let's go, Tano. Easy, Tempering discipline with human understanding. I've learned a good lesson from the Lone Ranger. is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Fred Flowerday. Tonight's drama was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.